This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3205 for Friday the 13th of November 2020. Today's show is entitled Backups of Your Backups of Backups. It is hosted by Operator and is about 53 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, do you have backups of your backups? Well, you better listen to this rant. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio with your host Operator. This one's going to be about backups and cloud storage and while um, it's not going to be super technical, it's just going to be an overall thought process of where I'm at today with backups and cloud backups. So if you're not interested in backups and having uh, solid backup and backup plans, this probably isn't for you. So. This goes back to as early as Dropbox. Um, my website has been backed up in various locations locally. Um, here within the last couple of years, I've tried to put stuff in the cloud because I've done some improper local backups. So I wanted to have you know cloud backups with retention and things like that um, in the pipeline. So uh, I've had numerous successfuls and failures. So I'm going to kind of start from the beginning. Um, probably eight years ago, uh, started using Dropbox, started backing up, um, just my website stuff and personal files off of a USB, mainly security applications and, um, proof of concept stuff. Uh, problem with Dropbox is they started marking my stuff as bad every time I try to share something. Um, this includes episodes of Hacker Public Radio that were being blocked as like pirated music or something. Um, so they must have some kind of algorithm that looks at music and says whether or not it's bad or good or indifferent. Um, and then it was marking my binaries as bad. So when I try to share a binary, no one would be able to see it except for me. Um, and it would mark it as something silly, like, you know, sharing has been disabled for this file or something like that. And it wouldn't actually tell you why the account has been blocked globally for sharing files. So I'd go back and forth to Dropbox and get my account unlocked. And then it would still kind of get messed up and, it was a mess. So finally gave up with those guys. Um, again, it was only partial data. Um, so I had about a terabyte of music. Um, and I had an issue where I had done some improper restores or something happened locally where I ended up losing, um, all of my music. Uh, I don't even remember how that happened. Um, but I have a tendency to, uh, somehow improperly do local backups and end up clobbering myself. So what I wanted was um, local backups of my music 
um, terabyte of my music and then cloud backups. And then I kind of started to run out of space. So I said, okay, well, let me um, put some of this in the cloud. So I have just a local a local music and then every, uh, uh, the music backed up to the cloud and that's it. I don't have a local backup. Um, that proved to be not worth the time and effort um, based on this current restore. So go back a little bit more. Uh, I tried to use Amazon. First out, I started using Amazon because I already had an Amazon account. Um, they blocked things like Arclone um, and ways to do backups yourself without their backup client. Their Windows backup client was awful. Amazon's backup cloud backup thing is awful. Their photos, I think, might be better. Um, but the Amazon backup cloud thingy ran as Chrome. And if you had any issues with your Chrome browser and the Chrome that was running, it was like they were talking to each other and freezing up plugins and it was causing issues across the board um, while running that thing. My wife is running it now on her own account that I don't even have access to. So there's no risk there. Um, and the uh, Dropbox stuff I mentioned, uh, Google drive I used for a little while. They did the same thing. I packed up a terabyte worth of stuff and I started having issues with sharing and, and uh, things like that. And a lot of these backup clients don't really give me the warm and fuzzies about the data that's being backed up and if it's all there. So what I want is here's the local, here's the backup, here's the difference, here's the local, here's the backup, here's the difference. Um, and none of these backup clients seem to really tell you whether or not everything has been backed up successfully and, and things like that. Um, you know, I'll say Dropbox is one of the most intuitive ones where you could, you know, search for files that have been deleted. Um, it's very user friendly but you start getting into bulk restores or bulk checking of, you know, backups and validity of backups, things just kind of get weird. Um, especially with the spider Oak client here, you know, I, I, I had no idea that my, my website wasn't being backed up properly. Um, and it's not an error on my end because it was some of it's there and some of it's not. So it would be fine if, you know, my scripts folder was completely empty. That'd be fine. I, I, I could understand that. Maybe I screwed something up or my stuff folder was completely empty and maybe there's something there that I screwed up and I deleted something or moved something around and, and it, it deleted it or I lost the archive, but it was like partial. So uh, the scripts folder had some stuff in it, but there should be, you know, like, you know, maybe five gigs worth of stuff in the base folder of my scripts and it was missing all but like four files. It was like missing everything but like four files. And they weren't even, they were like new files. So somehow some kind of thing got out of sync where at some point in time, I think something happened where there was a shot taken and said, okay, this is the stuff I want to back up and that's it. And it was not actually backing up the stuff I wanted it to back up. And somehow I had maybe somehow something came happened with the config where, you know, I don't, all I know is that there's no easy way to look at it and say, okay, here's your backups. Here's what you're backing up. This folder has this many files in it. This folder has that many files in it, or just by size even. Okay. This folder is eight gigs and this folder is 23 gigs. Something's obviously wrong here. Let's throw an error saying that, you know, these files aren't backed up. Are you sure you don't want to back up these files type of things? Um, cause these local databases are like, you know, Postgres or local, um, databases using, um, like SQLite or, or something like that. Um, and, and they, they get corrupted and they don't get updated right. Or something gets flagged on them. And guess what? You, you don't have what you think backed up. So, you know, I've tried both approaches. I've tried the rsync method. I've tried, um, uh, rdiff backup, which is 
um, something similar. I've tried board backup, which is also similar to kind of like an R-Sync um, that does uh, transactional stuff. And I just feel like it's me. It's obviously me. I, I'm trusting too much of the tool. And then when I go to, I go to restore something, it's either not there or, you know, the, the custom database file is corrupt or the restore is corrupted somehow in some way it didn't finish or something. And then I end up trying to carve it out and then it's easier just for me to copy over something from an older backup. So not these non flat file based backup and restore systems, they're they're I just keep having issues with them and I don't know why it's because um, there's no easy way for me to check my work with these platforms. Um, and whenever you look at something, there's no, there's no easy way to just check it, um, to make sure that you're backing up what you think you're going to back up. And I feel like that's been my problem. Um, cause you look at these blogs inside of the, these backup clients and it's just like errors all over the place. And you know, there's stuff like all these logs and they don't make any sense. It's like reading Linux logs when, when you're having issues, when you haven't had issues before in Linux and something has issues with an application, um, Linux tends to have lots of error messages inside of logs that aren't actually uh, errors or failures that present the the problem that you're having. So um, what I would suggest is if you're ever using a Linux piece of Linux software, look at the logs, keep those logs for like a day or two of normal operations, and you can just get a feel for and call it like good log. And you can look at the log file compared to the current log file and say, okay, this application for whatever reason is throwing all these errors. And let me look at the old log and say, are those errors in the old log and not in the new log or vice versa? If they're in the new log and not in the old, then you know, they're actual possibly legitimate errors with your software. But Linux tends to just fail, 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 you know, libraries fail, this doesn't happen, this is not configured, and you don't know when the software is not working, you don't know what the normal is. So you got to capture that normal by, like, capturing logs. And that's the only way I can think to evaluate these client-side stupid backup solutions. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, half of it is me, you know, fat-fingering something or setting a flag to delete or something like that, and you know, not having the dismounted or something like that. And then, and having, having causing a big issue where I'm trampling over my, my backups. So what I've ended up with now is just a cheap, you know, three terabyte web host. that's like 10 bucks a month. Um, I can put my website on there. I can put my backups on there. I can encrypt them, um, and kind of keep flat files on there. Um, cause there's not, there's not a ton of stuff, you know, I probably got 50 gigs worth of encrypted stuff. Um, images and maybe, you know, I don't know how many gigs worth of music, like a terabyte worth of music and maybe 500 gigs worth of just miscellaneous stuff that's, uh, you know, personal old files and stuff that's not necessarily, um, sensitive in nature. It's just old files that I use like, you know, phone app data and old backups of stuff that's not super sensitive. Um, so I, I feel like what I'm doing now is changing my approach to, um, website's going to be the same place I put my backups on, which is pretty risky. Um, it's, it's a, if it's a VPS and you don't have those local, then you're, you're kind of screwed. Um, I would suggest not having any non-local backups. Um, you know, these drives are going to come down come Christmas. You got 12 terabyte drives that are going to be relatively cheap. You can pop them out and shim them to go inside of a 
normal um, normal server. Um, that, that's what we did with the 10 terabytes. Um, I think I got one or one of those on 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 sale and shimmed it and put it in there um, and and used that for um, media storage. But for backups, you know, I'm just going to go probably buy two more 12 terabyte drives, one for more media and the other one for my backups do my local backups and then do cloud backups. So that way I have my data again in three places, but not necessarily in the cloud in three places. So I had my website in the cloud in two places, and then I had it local and my local backup drive, external drive hardware failure. And I tried to use um, FDIS to repair it. Now pro tip, do not use FDIS to repair a drive that is um, in a hardware failed state. So, if you're having issues with a drive, especially an external drive, um, do not run F, um, FSCK on that drive because, um, and you try to fix something, that hardware-based failure will sit there and try to fix the the disk, and it will give you issues, and you'll it'll have all these inode issues, and the whole thing will be totally wrecking itself and making it worse. So I, I ran FSCK on it so many times that. I couldn't mount the disk anymore and like the inodes were all messed up and the, the metadata for the, the files, whatever the um, MFT, but for, you know, whatever XFAT is or whatever it is, um, was all garbled up and messed up um, even after I pulled it out of the enclosure. Um, and that was another thing that was having me issues like the external enclosure was the hardware issue and it was kind of bottlenecking and freezing out and I was losing the mount and I said, well, you know, it's, it's fine. It kind of works. And if I dismount it and remount it, it seems to work okay for you know a couple months and then it gives me issues so i kind of had the backup drive had issues um with the external portion of it for some time and i kind of was ignoring it um thinking that you know worst case scenario i just had to restore from the cloud which um my cloud backups were broken too so i had local backups that were broken the cloud backups that were broken and then a bps provider that decided to uh break my internet access to my server and so i had no way to um get to my website data and i'm sure i've lost some portion of um, my music i still have but i'm sure i've lost some files within whatever because i have no idea um what got backed up in spider up and what didn't get backed up in spider up because it's like completely random um what's what got backed up and what didn't but um anyways uh, my you know my new approach here is going to be just a standard rsync to um, to my website and, um, I'm going to use that, um, very cautiously, um, maybe backup configurations and things like that, um, make custom backups for iteration type of stuff. So my website might have two or three gzip files, just a big giant gzip file of my backup of my website. And I might have two or three of those archived, um, locally and on the cloud. So that way, you know, if my website dies, I've got three different backups in three different locations, and, and one of those at least should be good. I don't know. Um, it just seems like if I do the one-to-one backups, I have issues, and if I do the um, incremental backups, I have issues. So it's like either way, I seem to have issues with backups and, and things like that. Um, what I will say is, you know, keep it simple, stupid, and that's not the case that I have here. You know, I have selective things that I want to back up and I've got some stuff mirrored here and stuff mirrored there and I've got you know drives and symbolic links and stuff all over the place so really managing what you need to back up 
um, kind of becomes complicated. Um, and that's why sometimes I feel like I just want to get a raid box and spend, you know, six grand on a raid and be done with it. And then I'll have my local backups. Um, and I won't have to worry about storage or any of that crap. And I'll just have to set up alerts and, you know, manually check it every month or whatever the, whatever the case may be. But then you get down to, okay, you're paying a bunch of money for a raid and I don't necessarily need that much space. I only need, you know, a terabyte or terabyte, two terabytes max worth of backup storage or storage. And, you know, a raid is not backup. So just because I have a raid, that's not a backup. It has to be an actual physical copy of the, of the data somewhere else. So just because you have a raid, a raid is not a backup. So when you have drives fail or the backplane fails, you're totally screwed because you don't have your data anywhere else. So, you know, just because you have a raid doesn't mean you're not going to have storage issues or data loss. So kind of the raid is out of the question because A, it's not cost effective. B, um, if the backplane goes out on one of these Drobos or Synology things, if the backplane goes out and I'd have to buy a new one and rebuild the headers and God knows what kind of mess that would be to try to get my data back. And I just don't have that much data that I care about. I mean, I've got roughly, again, I've got four or five images that I care about um, and maybe 60, 70 gigs, 100 gigs worth of personal data and stuff that I, I care about. It's just not a ton of data that I really care about. So I'm going to go back to the kind of rsync method and use that along with some caution and some, some manual, um, uh, some manual, uh, iteration or incremental backup stuff. Um, I hope this kind of helps somebody, uh, while this is fresh in my head and I'm furious at, you know, I'm furious at, um, spider oak. I'm kind of furious at myself for not really checking my backups, but there's just not really any way to do that anyways, unless I do a full restore and just kind of diff the data and I don't really have enough, um, hard drive space for that. Um, you know, I'm sitting on maybe a terabyte and a half for free or two terabytes free and I don't have that data to, to restore and test. So, uh, you know, I, I blame, I blame the VPS provider that, you know, 36 bucks a year. They're, they're not, on the hook for it really. Um, there's no validity there, but I, I really think that spider Oak kind of, uh, dropped the ball on this one too, because, uh, you know, I did the best I could, you know, I've been in it for, you know, ever. And I, I, I don't feel like I never really had the warm and fuzzies with their backup client to begin with. And I've never had the warm and fuzzies with any of these backup clients, um, that aren't like windows based, um, all these Linux based backup clients, they just kind of, churn and churn and then you're like uh, I guess it's done I see errors in the logs and the files are there it looks like and I can navigate around in their stupid UI or their web UI and see most of my stuff but there's no real way to set you know like a CRC check against this to that and you know even with the command line references in spider oak I don't feel like I don't feel like there's even a way to do that um, effectively without you know you don't do doing some kind of you know, manual restore or some kind of exercise where you're sending metadata back and forth to check. Um, but anyways, um, what I'll say is to kind of wrap all this up is if you're using a cloud provider for your backups, ensure that there's a way that you can look at those backups at a high level and say, yep, this folder is backed up. This folder has this many, you know, iterations. I can restore some of this and maybe pick, 
a folder or two or three of your of your most important stuff and do a manual restore of those and ensure that everything is one to one because you let these backup clients run and they get garbled up long enough um to where you're doing a restore or um setting up a new device or something and they get all confused um and so you just have to be careful with these backup clients and not trust them um absolutely um, again, I had Amazon randomly delete my DVDs, um, the family movies or family videos that were VHS that got converted to DVD. They, for whatever reason, uh, completely got deleted from my account on Amazon. And luckily I had them locally stored uh, because I had a feeling that if I just had them in the cloud, right, they, they might disappear one day. And sure enough, I went to um, send a link, a previous link that I had shared with my family um, for these DVDs and I clicked the link and it was a bunch of empty files, um, empty folders. So it wasn't deleted. The folders weren't deleted. So if I were to go in there and delete them, the folders would be deleted along with, with the videos, but the folders remained intact. Um, and there was text files inside of each folder that described each video and what, what was on each DVD. So each DVD had its own folder, but there was nothing inside the folder. So something, some automated process or something in Amazon or something went in saw those folders and for whatever reason emptied them out and deleted the, the data in there. Um, and I don't understand why or how that could have happened. Um, maybe with a backup client, you know, I have no idea, but I lost data. Um, I didn't lose data, but I had to go. Luckily I had the, 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 those DVDs locally stored, um, inside of my, you know, my, my personal data backup stuff, local backups. Um, and if anybody needs any help with, you know, our clone, um, our sync and kind of doing things the right way, what I'll say with our sync and our clone is that you can set, um, what I do to check things out. I'll set a file. I'll create a specific file that's called like, you know, you know, uh, test file or something. And I'll put that in the folder and I'll ensure that if that test file doesn't exist, then the disc isn't mounted or there's some other kind of issue with the disc. Um, so that way I'm not like clobbering data, uh, potentially from, you know, copying something from a source destination and that destination is empty or not mounted or something like that. So you can set up file checks to check the source and destination before you do any copying, especially if you're going to do like a rsync dash delete, um, to make sure that those files check out, maybe the space has to check out, right? Do you say, okay, well, I want to back up my music folder, but the music folder has to be over a terabyte for it to start to back up. And the destination, uh, secret file has to exist, um, on the destination before it, um, does a delete flag. So that way you're ensuring that at least the size is relatively what you want. The destination is relatively what you want mounted properly in theory. Um, cause I've had issues where I've, you know, backed up something or, source destination have been improperly mounted or blank or empty. And then when you go to rsync slash delete, it deletes everything because there's nothing there to be mounted or you run out of disk space because you know, your source isn't, your destination is not mounted. So you have to be careful with rsync, especially if you're doing, um, uh, delete flags or anything like that. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it. Um, you know, these, the the restore and the backup for these clients um these backup clients are also kind of finicky um they're much much slower than 
all your traditional rsyncs so if i if i have a terabyte and a half worth of data to rsync then it'll it'll get done as fast as it can possibly get done whereas these backup clients you know they have to go to the server side and request some you know pull in a ticket some messages and request a bulk of data and if you have a million tiny little files you know it's going to pull down the cache and say i want to download these 10,000 files and then it sits there and turns and then the server says oh here's your 10,000 files and then it digs them out from the spider webs of the internet and takes you know five minutes to pull down 10,000 files and then there's a delay in the transfers and then it says oh here's another your next 10,000 files and i observed this with multiple clients especially um spider oak the traffic would die for about two or three minutes then it would peak um, and download, you know, maybe a gig or two gigs or something like that. And then it would die off for another five minutes and then it would peak and download it. And that's, you know, a third of the speed that rsync is. So if you're using rsync, it's going to be fast. It's going to be quick. Um, I've even had issues with IO, um, local and doing local storage with rsync because it is so fast and effective. You know, the IO can get all confused um, and get synced between different issues. And that's why you have like async on and async options you can have with the with the file systems and you can tell it to mount special with special options to make it quicker faster um, and sync better up when when you're doing stuff um you know like um, ext4 has some other features in there that that help with with like quality of the data um and then when it comes to like media you can turn some of those options off um, I'd like to say, let's see, let's see if I can find some of them for you. Um, here's some, some, um, defaults, no fail, X system D device timeout one, no a time, um, no dir a time, um, data equals right block barrier equals zero, no blocks underscore valid validity. Um, no no delete allocation alloc allocation no user x a, 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 a no user underscore x a t t r no cl and barrier zero um these are all options that i was playing around with with having issues of, of doing um, ha having io issues um between disks um and backing up so when you're doing like local backups um you got to observe and make sure you're not having any sync issues. Look at look at D message and make sure stuff isn't um, stuff isn't timing out and crapping out in the middle of a backup. And it, it's just there's just so many moving parts with backing up large amounts of data um, and just trusting that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, and I keep running into issues whether I use backup clients or local clients or whatever. And I just continue to have issues with backups um, to this day. And half of it's because of me and half of it's because of the clients are awful. Um, but hopefully this method will help out and I'll be a little bit more careful how I do my backups and how I um, store local backups because just having cloud backups is not an option. It is not worth it. If you're doing around a terabyte and a half, it's still not worth it. Uh, probably spent three days futzing with the client trying to get it to download what what half of what it even was supposed to be backing up so um that's the thing i can tell you it's kind of a rant kind of a um 
uh, a, a deeper dive into how I've been doing backups and, and the issues that I've been having. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, hope this helps somebody out. Uh, as far as backup clients and, and solutions, um, there's some S3 uh, options out there. Um, there's like what's called like Wasabi, um, which is like a third of the price of like an S3 bucket. I was looking at those guys. They sell, it's like five, it's like $3 per terabyte or something. Um, I was looking at the S3 storage and then I realized just, just find a cheap wet hose somewhere, put your backups on there. Um, when Christmas comes around, go buy two 12 terabyte drives and do my local backups there and just call it a day. Um, cause I'm, you know, it's just not worth the issue and the time of these backup clients and waiting for them to download and whatever. You got to have those local backups and use the cloud backups for when you accidentally delete some shit that you should not have deleted and, you know, kind of ensure that your backups to the cloud are also not mangled and screwed up and have some checks built into there to say, check the validity of your backups kind of automatically when you, when you run them. Anyways, let me know if you have any questions. Um, I've got notes for, um, for, um, um, F, um, F disk or what do you call it? Um, FS tab. If you want, um, I've got notes for our sync and things like that. Um, but in general, um, you shouldn't have any issues doing local backups. Cool. Cool. Hope this helps somebody out. Take it easy. And, uh, you know, check your backups, man, because you don't want to lose 20 years worth of stuff like I did. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.